When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a 2000s icon and fan favorite host on the podcast to take a little journey through the decades and talk about a brand new nostalgic competition show. He's an actor, producer, host of Halloween Wars, and now Battle of the Decades, it's Jonathan Bennett. Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. We both have our iced coffees. We are ready to go. You're already bringing the energy and I can't wait. This is the sound of iced coffee, if you can hear it. I don't know if you can hear it, but that's my, the sound of iced coffee. My ice is kind yes. of trying to melt, but I don't know if you could hear that. I love it. I love it too. And as a fellow 80s baby and an in an honor of Battle of the Decades, we thought it would be fun to kind of get to know you 10 years at a time. So we're going to Oh god. We're going to take it all how, the way back. Honey, how much how, how much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, it's only an hour long show. I There's know, so I know. much to unpack there. I know. We might have to do a part 2. But you were born in 1981 in Rossford, Ohio. How Oh well my god. You remember First the of all, rude, rude <laughs> that you start the show with just blasting my age. You're like, by the way, born in 81. Listen, oh, I was, man. I, I was oh. born in 80. So if that makes oh, you feel okay, any better. Fine. Then, OK, then you get a pass. Then you get a pass. OK. How well do you remember the 80s? Well, not I, I remember them somewhat like I, I, I think the first thing I remember from like the 80s is like Ninja Turtles. Like that's like my first <laughs> My yeah. first like recollection of the 80s. And I remember like my brother, my, like my stepbrother was a lot older than me. And so when I was like five, he was like a senior in high school. So him and his friends would come down with just the worst haircuts, like getting ready <laughs> to like go out on the town to the clubs. And they'd come and like one of them had a perm. Oh, like he had like what about he a, got mullet? A, perm. a mullet perm? Yes. My brother had a mullet and his friend Derek had a perm. OK. And I would I remember like looking at the hair being like, that's strange. Like I even knew then like that's how gay I was. Like I was like five <laughs> years old and I was like, that's not good. Like <laughs> we, not we, you look. should not get 
You do not need a permanent, okay, to put in your hair. <laughs> I also had a perm at one point in the 80s. So, oh my um, God. Yeah, I'm glad I recovered from that. What about like early food memories from the 80s? What food. comes to mind? Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up in Rossford, Ohio, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. the reason Applebee's and Chili's was invented. Like, my people <laughs> are like, like, if you want to go to a chain restaurant where they're going to microwave the food in the back, like, that's what I grew up eating. And it's, like, ironic that I host Food Network shows with all these amazing chefs that are, like, culinary geniuses because I'm, like, I grew up eating, you know, at Applebee's. Like, yeah. that's, like, what my childhood was. And so, <laughs> you know, you go to that, like, Denny's. Like, I grew up, like, we were just, like, Midwest as it comes. Like, like Campbell soup out of a can, chicken noodle soup. I ate that probably like four times a week. Just like the thin <laughs> noodle. Like that's yep. just what I grew up on. You know, like when when they started making all these like chicken noodle soups with actual vegetables in them, I was like, why would they put all that in the soup? That's weird. <laughs> like, like I had no idea that soup could be elevated. Oh, and look at you now. I mean, here we are. I remember chicken soup and I remember I ate a lot of, what, what else did I eat? I ate, well, I ate a lot of, I was like a popsicle freak. So like, like anything, anything that you would give a kid to, you know how there's like the moms that shop at Whole Foods and then there's the moms that don't Uh like my mom was one that doesn't. So like if it had like a red dye, a blue dye, some sort of synthetic like product in it and it was barely edible, but they called it food, I would eat it. Like that's what I grew up (laughs) eating. Like the, the snacks I had were like, we we were like now now it's evolved so much. People are like have a healthy lunch, give them an apple, and I was like, no, I want the thing that explodes goo in my mouth. You know, <laughs> like that's like what I grew up eating. You're like, I want those little crackers with the processed cheese and the little like. Oh my god, can- those dipping sticks! <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic! The cheese and the pr- oh, and it's not even cheese; it's just no. plastic. It's just, it's like a cheese. We product. were eating plastic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, I was a bartender at Applebee's. So I. Um, Did you have to wear bling or flare, whatever it's you know, called? No, we didn't have to do flare. We just had these really ill fitting polo shirts and our, our name on like a button. And then we were required to wear some form of khaki, like pants or shorts and then oh. white, white tennis shoes, you know, like high fashion very much. But so. those lemonades, <laughs> those lemonades you would drink, you know, I'm talking about like the Applebee's lemonades, like strawberry lemonade and oh, it's just yeah, yeah, all, yeah. Sugar. all sugar. All I, I mean, I had like 10 of those a week. <laughs> Let's talk about 80s fashion trends. Are there any oh. that you would like to see come back? Well, here's the thing, Jamie, we're so old <laughs> yeah. that I don't know if you noticed this. They're but- back. <laughs> They're back because I I am at the age now where I walk outside and I see the kids walking by and I go, I can't tell if they're wearing that ironically <laughs> or if they're actually wearing it because it's fashion. Like, is the, are they being funny or is that what's in? Like, like nowadays, do we like there are everything is so baggy. Like in the 80s, we grew up like everything was baggy. I mm-hmm. had like the MC Hammer pants. Oh, definitely. I had skids pants remember skids and it no, had like I a, don't skids they were kind of like mc hammer pants but okay. like the thing i would do is i would french roll my jeans oh of course you would have to <laughs> you know fold it over and then roll it up because it yeah. was tight and then you'd yell at your mom you're like tighter you have to roll them tighter like it's not tight <laughs> enough like I, it's gonna slip and i'm like screaming at my mom to like roll my pants tighter and i i grew up rolling my jeans and wearing those like really baggy 
like kind of rugby shirts with the white collars. Oh, yes. I had one of those. That's what yes. I remember like wearing, like like late 80s. That was like in style. Oh, the and rugby I would wear, shirt. I was a French roller though. That was like my thing. <laughs> that was uh, And your, now the kids signature. are doing it. Yeah. The kids are doing it. And these, these little jerks are walking around going, oh, look how cool this is. I'm like, I was doing that before. I just like over in the corner smoking a cigarette. Like <laughs> I was doing that before you were even born, kid. Like, <laughs> get out of here. But it's true. Actually true. It is actually true. What about movies and TV shows? Like what, what inspired your, your love for performing and okay. acting? Okay. So growing up in the 80s, I was a movie freak. I really? loved all of... The like planes, trains, and automobiles, mm -hmm. the you know, the Christmas vacations, mm -hmm. vacation, uh, funny farm, great outdoors, anything with like John Candy. Steve I was gonna say, Martin. are you just like listed off yeah. John Candy's <laughs> Chevy Chase? Like, that's what I grew up doing, and it was like it was such a moment in time when, like, you know, as again, I sit here and say, ah, oh, the movies aren't even good these days, but like, it was a moment in time when movies were just different and they just, they felt different. They had a different like energy to them. And so I grew up watching all those, those, those comedies. And that's what made me want to do comedy and acting in the first place. Like I loved the idea, you know, getting to do what they did on camera, making people laugh. Like I remember watching planes, trains and automobiles and like my whole family watching it together and everyone's just cracking up. And I was like, oh, I want to be the one that makes people laugh. And so like that really inspired me to like want to be an actor is like the, the movies from the 80s. That's what I grew up on. And that that's like where I always go. That's why I think like I just had a movie on, on Hallmark Channel for Christmas that came mm -hmm. out. And, you know, Uncle Buck was one of my favorite movies growing up. And I said, you know, what if we did Uncle Buck, but he was gay. And like that's like where the like the stem of the idea was was born from. So basically, I just try to find all my favorite 80s movies and remake them to modern day times. <laughs> I love that. Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You right. Know? I mean, as we've already covered, you know, all of the things from the 80s and 90s are already coming back anyway. So why not uh, make it the movies as well? Speaking of the 90s, oh, what, let's talk about that decade. What iconic <laughs> toys or video games do you remember from those years? Okay, 90s toys. I was a Sega player. I played mm. Sega. I love Sonic the Hedgehog. That was my jam. So I grew up playing Sonic the Hedgehog. I was, do you remember I, in the 90s is when we got like all the super soakers, right? Like the oh, super yeah. soaker craze. Definitely it was super like, soakers. it was like, I had like, like the NORAD, the missile defense in the bunker in wherever it is doesn't have as much arsenal as I did with super soakers. Like I had more sizes of super soakers than anyone. Like I'm, I honestly had about 30 or 40 super soakers wow. and I had them, I had them in the garage, like hung up like actual weapons, like, like, like on like little pegs. Oh, so you wow. walk in the garage and it was just all super soakers. <laughs> and my, I'd have all my friends come over and we would play war with super soakers. But like, it got to a point where it was just ridiculous because they, the super soakers, they had like the little hand, hand pistol one that was like mm -hmm. really small and orange. And then like the regular one, then the bigger one. And they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it was like the super soaker mega blast, 5,000, <laughs> 10 million, 600 ton 
super duper blasting. I mean, it was just like so ridiculous. I was like, just get a garden hose. It's a garden hose. That's what it is. It's a like the sprayer it is a, on it. It is, it is a fire hose. Like that's all that is. That's like, don't try to call it a, a squirt gun anymore. It's a it's a fire hose. And so, like, I remember just having those and playing out in the yard. But in the '90s, here's something funny that happened. Everyone wanted a treehouse. I mean, tree houses aren't a 90s thing. They're just a kid thing. Sure. But everyone wanted a tree house. But that was in the 90s was when I told my dad I didn't want a tree house. I would like him to build me a stage in the basement <laughs> with a proscenium arch and a red curtain. Very that on brand. opened and closed. <laughs> and he was like, OK, I guess we're building the stage. So they built me a stage in the basement. And I had a red curtain that would open and close with little with a little like pulley. And then I had a. You know, those like lights you use to like fix your car, those like metal ones that clamp mm-hmm. under the hood, oh, those sure, old yeah. ones. That was my spotlight. And I <laughs> hung it from the top of it and I got a microphone with a little like speaker and I would go and I would sing Bette Midler. <laughs> this is not even a joke. I wish this was a joke. The Bette Midler Beaches soundtrack yep. in my basement to my parents and I would put on the shows for them. And then I would host fake shows. So I guess that's like where I started hosting yeah. is in my basement. But you know what? Food Network pays a lot better than my parents did because <laughs> I would only charge them a dollar. Oh, you to, were charging them to come huh? and see my show. Oh, I would charge them. Absolutely. Okay. I was an entrepreneur, honey, entrepreneur. But like <laughs> Food Network pays me better than a dollar. So, you know, it's uh, I guess I've moved up in the world. I I guess so. We're definitely going to talk a little bit more about Food Network in a second, but I'm very much enjoying this little jaunt through my own childhood as well. What's like a painfully 90s story that you have from that time? Like anything come to mind? 90s. Painfully 90s. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, what's a painfully 90s story? I was a a gay kid in Ohio in the 90s. Every story is painful. Um, They're all painful. Just the whole era. (laughs) Just the whole decade was not fun. But I think it was, I I remember going to my first Jewel, my first concert. This is how 90s it was. My first concert was at the Toledo Zoo and it was Jewel. Okay. I saw Jewel at the Toledo Zoo in nineteen like ninety eight, I think ninety nine, okay. somewhere around there, when when I was in high school. And so, to be there at the zoo at, at the zoo watching Jewel perform and like never have been to a concert before, I remember going and just seeing like all these people and we're all singing along, and it went on for like more than thirty minutes. And I don't know if you know noticed by now, but I have a very short attention span. <laughs> And I remember just being so like, just ready to leave. Not because it wasn't a good show. It was just like, I was 15 years old and was hyper, uh, hyper full of all the Applebee's sugar (laughs) lemonades and all the, all the, the synthetic candy my parents would feed me. And so like the attention span to sit and watch someone just sing for more than 30 minutes, I was like, we got to go do something. Let's go look at the tigers. Like what, where, what are we going to do? So I remember getting into like a fight with my friends because I wanted to go and leave and like do other things. And they were like, we're in the middle of the concert. She's getting ready to sing her big number. And I was like, okay. So like, like my first music kind of memory of the nineties is that of, you know, seeing Jewel in concert at the Toledo zoo. (laughs) <laughs> not that I don't love Jewel. Jewel's amazing. I no, just was too amazing. hyper as a kid. Yeah. And she's not like, it's not like we're watching Pink, right? It's not like yeah. she's like doing backflips like and there's ballads explosions. And yeah, she's yeah. like, she's like, I got my guitar. I'm going to sit on my chair and I'm going to sing my song. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Yeah. So I think I went and played with the monkeys. I'm not sure. <laughs> what was your favorite like theater production you were involved with in high school? Oh my God. Let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah. I can talk this all day. First of all, <laughs> best theater production ever was, well, there was a lot of them, but I think how to succeed in business without really trying my senior year was like my big, like, I'm going to make it in Hollywood moment. Like I had, like, that's what we ended my, my theater high school theater career with, but I got to do little shop of horrors before oh, that, fun. which was so much fun. And we got to do Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, oh. which was amazing. Like I was in every single show every year, no matter like from eighth grade to senior year, we did four shows a year. I was in every single one of them. And I think my parents probably by the time it was all done, bought the theater with all the like <laughs> donations to the drama boosters they did. But like, you know, it, the theater was a sa- just such a growing up in Ohio, like being a little gay kid that is like in Ohio in the 90s. It was a different time. So like the theater was like my place to go mm-hmm. and like, like be around other people where you feel safe and like celebrated. And like, it was just this magical moment, just like this, this little theater in the middle of Rossford, Ohio was just like, it was my magic place. And so I, if it was, if Sunday through Saturday, you would find me there, whether it be working on something for like the set or painting something or just any, any chance to get into the theater to do anything and like kind of escape life was like, Mm. that's where, that's where it's at. Yeah. Was it community theater or, or did your high school? Oh, no, this good old fashioned Rossford High School Theater. OK, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was a drama geek as well. And I, oh, I we did a little did bit you of both. Do? Oh, I mean, not as what I are mean, your favorite shows? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I remember being I mean, we did more. <laughs> I feel like some of our stuff was a little like more boring, but like we did The Crucible and wah, wah. yeah, and like Sound of yep. Music. And wah. we did Sound of Music, too. <laughs> Who I mean, did you play? Sound of music. I was I was younger, so I was just like a like a backstage hand, like you know, okay. kind of like in the chorus type thing. But uh, I don't I have a great Friedrich. singing voice, so neither do I. <laughs> and I can't dance, but you know, it's fine. You just sold it. You sold it. Yeah, that's. I mean, believe, that's, in, believe in your product. Yeah, I do remember for community theater, I did Brighton Beach Memoirs, and that was that was a lot of fun. So okay, that's. I, I mean, was like the little uh, sister. Again, yeah. <laughs> still down the like wah wah. Role. I know. There, like, it's like I'm trying to think of I, I feel like we did some more. Where was this? This was in Great Falls, Montana. So I'm sure very oh, similar wow. to Rossfield, Ohio. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it was a good time for sure. And during that, I mean, like, when did you actually make the leap to I'm going to pursue acting? Well, as my parents say, there wasn't ever a day that we didn't think Jonathan was going to be an actor. (laughs) Like from the moment I was born, they were like, yep, he's going to be an actor. Like I was charging them to see shows when I was five. Like, like it's just it's there's never been a moment when I wasn't set on being an actor and an entertainer and a host. Like from the moment I could understand what kind of life was, I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. You know, like watching those show those movies in the 90s and like seeing all that like oh i want to go make people laugh that's my job mm-hmm. and so there it was i i graduated high school in oh i graduated high school in 1999 did you graduate in 1999 i graduated in 98 how did how is that oh, i was a you're young younger, i was like younger, a yeah. june yeah. yeah and of course our class song was we're gonna party like it's 1999 oh, and sure. when that came on at prom <laughs> you couldn't tell us nothing that was our moment we were like they have waited 10 years for this moment for this song like this is our life and so it was definitely like being 
graduating in 1999 was a was a moment in time. But when I graduated, I went to college for a year in Columbus to an acting to a like a liberal arts college. And I did it for like a year. And they were like, okay, what we want you to do is lay on the ground and pretend you're a tree. And then you're going to, you're going to feel the roots ground you through the floor. And then we want you to drink this fake tea, like pretend you're having tea. And they were doing all these acting exercises. And I'm just like sitting there looking around at everyone, like y'all are nuts. Like this is, (laughs) you think this is going to help you become an actor? These people are just stealing your money. And I was like, I'm getting out of here. And so I called my parents and I'm like, I already know how to do everything they're telling me to do. I need I'm like, I was such a brat. I'm like, mom, dad, I already know I'm going to New York and I'm going to be famous. And they're like, okay. And I was like, you're wasting your money. I already understand how to act. I don't need to learn. Just let me go to New York and like try. And they're like, all right, great. So I moved, my mom moved me from Ohio to New York city, drove me through the middle of the night because there was no traffic and she wanted to drive through the night. So we drove (laughs) through the night and her and her friend dropped me off at a house where I, that I, that we rented like a, a room in and I started auditioning. And then a few months later, got a soap opera called all my children and got to do that. And then that kind of started my career. And it was funny because there was the, all the, all the like professors at the college, like the, you know, the drama people that were all just, they all thought they're, you know, they were too cool for school, right? They all uh-huh. thought they were so cool. And I was like, they they were probably doing the crucible. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was telling them I'm going to leave. I'm like, I'm going to leave. I don't want to do this. Like I'm going to go to New York. And they're like, you're never, you're, it's a horrible mistake. But like looking back, they just wanted your money because like of you course. were like paying a lot of money to go to the school. And I was like, no, I think I'm going to go do it. And there was one teacher named Stella Kane, who was the dance teacher who cast me my freshman year of college in West Side Story as a chorus got like I play like Little John or whatever mm-hmm. his name is, cast me in West Side Story my freshman year of college. And it's you're, like I was an acting major, not a musical theater major. And like musical theater majors and acting majors freshman year were really not allowed to be in the the musicals. Like when you're a freshman, like a couple people could get cast, but not really like they tried not to let freshmen like be in the shows yet. And she cast me and a couple other people. But the fact that I was an acting major, not even a musical theater major, made like all the department go crazy. And they were like, <laughs> how did Jonathan get in that? And she just looked at him and goes, he wanted it more than you did. Oh. And I was like, yes, that's right. And <laughs> I was like, that's right. Slay. I I can't dance, but I am going to look really fierce up here. And so, so when I went to leave, she was the only person that said to me, she goes, Jonathan, get out of here, go to New York (laughs) and just call me when you're famous. And I was like, got it. And so when I got all my children, my first show and they did the press release and like had it in like soap opera digest or something, (laughs) I got the soap opera digest. I put it in an envelope and I mailed it to Stella and I signed it. And I was like, I'm famous. And I just wrote that on the cover and I sent it to her. And it was like this great moment of like, I did it. And you were the only one that told me to. And everyone else told that. me not to. So, yeah. If you, I'm a big believer, you want to make it, have someone tell you that you're not, you not going to happen. <laughs> oh, that is, that is my like weakness. Someone tells me I can't do something. And like my brain just starts going crazy. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. 
<laughs> best motivator. For those keeping score at home, we are now into the 2000s, the early 2000s. Oh, wow. I was stalking your socials and I, I came across this video of you surprising the local high school production of Mean Girls oh my during God. their dress rehearsal, which I mean, my favorite part was just watching their reactions and how starstruck they were. What, what was that like for you personally, though? You know, that's that's where it's at, right? Mm -hmm. It's like those kids that are sitting in the theater that have been working their butts off and they're so excited because I remember, here's a random thing. When we were in high school, we would have people come and visit from like Broadway and they'd come. And I remember like to talk to our theater department and I remember just like soaking up every word they said, like mm -hmm. just soaking it all up. And we had... A, ran, a random person come and talk to us. And I'm going to say what she did incorrectly, but you'll get the idea. She was like a visual effects supervisor on Titanic. Like wow. she did okay. something like when CGI was just invented, right? Like we, it was like the newest thing. And she came and kind of talked to us about how they did the water and how they made things. And it was really interesting because to hear her talk about all that and it just like lit a fire for me to want to go act, you know, mm -hmm. like it just like was like, oh, I see someone in Hollywood doing Hollywood things. I want to go do Hollywood things. Like it was like that moment where it clicked. It was like, oh, it's obtainable. Someone's doing it. I met someone that does it. OK, I can do that, too. So like, I mean, I guess to to know that you are now that person for that right. group of kids, like how cool. Is right. That? It, it's the coolest thing to like get to go back and do inspire them, you know, and I, I went backstage and during the intermission and I gave them notes and I was like, here's the thing. Like, I was like, you know, you need to be doing this because it's really funny. You need to be trusting yourself. Don't like that voice is in there. Why aren't you letting it out? Like you're, you're on stage and it's in there and we can hear it, but you're afraid to let it go. And I was like, let it go. And so like, not oh, like wow. critiques, just like encouragement notes of like yeah. what they should be doing. So it was a, it was a really special time. That's so cool that you stayed and like watched and gave them some feedback. I'm oh, absolutely. Sure that's like a core memory for all those kids, yep. you know, for forever and ever and ever. Speaking of core memories, iPod was released in the 2000s as well. Do you remember what was on yours? Oh, my God. I had. Yeah, I had an original iPod. We had to buy songs for like a dollar, right? Like it was a thing. <laughs> you had to like you had to like import the CD into your iPod like. These kids these days don't understand. I mean, this just ties all into battle of the decades, right? Like <laughs> these kids don't understand how good they have it. If you want a song, you just listen to the song. If you, when, when you don't know the frustration of camping out in front of a Walmart before the in sync, <laughs> no strings attack attached release album drops, because you know that Walmart is open 24 hours and that at midnight, is when the song comes out and they will wheel that CD out of the back room in the cases and put it on the shelves. And like you're the lined single. Up, <laughs> like the, you are lined up with your best friends at like 11 o'clock to go in and hear that bye, 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 or whatever it is for the first time. Like <laughs> you don't understand the pressure it was, how much pressure and how much work it took to be a fanatic. Like you, like pop culture, the, the kids, these days, they'll never, they'll never understand how hard it was. So for me, like, I was all, I mean, we grew up in the best time of music, right? The late nineties, early two thousands, like, come on, you had Britney, you had NSYNC, you had Backstreet, you had Pink, you had Christina, you had Jennifer Lopez. Like you had all these, like, that's when 
oh my gosh, I just feel like we're the old biddies on the podcast being like, that's when music used to be good. Like that was when music was great. Like question, Jamie, do you have this happen to you? Okay. Do you hear a song and it will come on some sort of radio and or you're Spotify. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're like, is this a song or is this like a commercial? Like, what is this? Like, you can't tell what it is because there's no like beat to it. <laughs> oh, you there's mean no like current like chorus. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the current stuff comes on and I'm like, I don't understand. Is this music? And they're like, yeah. I was like, this is what everyone's listening to? They're like, yeah. It's I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. And there's like two, like two lines that just keep getting repeated over and over again. Yes. Over and over with like, <laughs> but not in like any syncopation. It no. just kind of like they say them and then there's just like a, some type of like mood underneath it. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand the kids and I'm going to say it. I, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. I'm going to, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm just <laughs> say saying, it, say it, say it, say it. I'm just saying I'm at an age where I don't understand the concerts that are happening. <laughs> You know what that That's means? All I'm going to say. You know what that means? We're old. What? We're old. We're old. We're old. Like, I see all the people going to, like, all the big concerts right now, and I love all the artists, and I think they're great, but I'm like, oh, that looks exhausting. I have to go to bed. Like, I, <laughs> they, they start the concert at nine? No, I'm out. At, they they get there at nine? That's in, I'm asleep no, by 9.30. No, the door's open at nine. Yeah, the door's <laughs> open. Wait, you're going to listen to someone sing past midnight? Are nah. you crazy? I'm out. Absolutely not. That is ludicrous. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Like, the concerts are great, and the performers are fantastic. But, I mean, I'm you, there's not enough coffee in the world to keep me up that late. I'll watch it. I'll watch it when they post it on Instagram. No, I want to be home be before Wheel of Fortune starts. That's just my, my thing. <laughs> Five... Five o'clock is a great dinner time. I mean, well, technically Wheel of Fortune is on at 730 here. So, I mean, I have plenty of time to go eat dinner and come home and still be oh. you know, on time for it. I'm just really making myself sound super old now. I love it. We've broken down the decades with Jonathan. And when we come back, he gives us the scoop on his new show, Battle of the Decades. So stick around. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's talk about Battle of the Decades. Decades! You've been in the Food Network family for a while now, and you're hosting this brand new show on a scale of 1 to 10. How nostalgic are we going to get watching this show? I can say this. I've hosted, I hosted a lot of shows on Food Network. You know, we got, we started with Cake Wars, mm-hmm. then we did Cupcake Wars, Cupcake Wars Kids, Halloween Wars, Christmas Wars, Cupcake Wars Challenge, Cupcake Wars Celebrity, Holiday Wars, and a couple others. But this one is, is so special and something unlike anything I've seen on the Food Network before. It's absolutely just this time capsule of nostalgia, (laughs) just going back in time where you're like, you're remembering and seeing all the things you grew up eating and hearing and your parents grew up. Like there's just something so special about this, this show. It's got this, this, this feel to it that it gives you like the warm fuzzies when you're watching it because (laughs) you're hearing all the jingles. Like, you know, the show opens with, my baloney has a first name. It, like it, it opens with that. And you just like, as soon as you hear all these like jingles and commercials and songs from all the different decades, like it brings you right back mm-hmm. to that moment in time. And so there's so much nostalgia that to be had on the show that, that people are going to absolutely freak out and, and fall in love with. And what, what I think is the best part is not just the nostalgia, but watching the new school chefs like have to go and use the old school items and the gadgets from the back in the day. Like that's where the comedy comes in. I don't think I've ever laughed as hard on a food network show set as I did on the episode when we, we give them a George Foreman grill to use. Remember those? (laughs) Yep. And the new school chef asked the old school chef, how do I turn it on? <laughs> and she meant it. Like she had no clue, has never turned one on before in her life. And so it's it's those moments that make the show so special. It's it's watching, you know, a little bit more old school chefs that have been around longer and are and a bit older with these, you know, young kids that are trying to, to watch them come together and work together, but like see how so many things change over the years with cooking, but then there's so many things that say the same as well. So to see that those differences and those similarities is where the hilarity and the feel good of the show come in, you know? I love that. How is it like different in terms of just like the cooking competition aspect from other shows that you've hosted on the network, other shows we've seen on the network? What what makes this one so you okay, know, special? I'll, let me walk you through it. Here's okay. how it works. We take an old school chef, okay. you know, someone that's a little bit older, 
and a new school chef, and we team them up as a team. Okay. And they compete against two other teams of old school and new school chefs. So in the first round, we give them, we pick a year, like the year is 1984 mm-hmm. and, or, or whatever the year is. And we give them ingredients and gadgets from that year that were really popular. So we got things like fruit roll-ups, <laughs> Hidden Valley Ranch, Dunkaroos. Oh, yeah. We've got the George Go-Gurt. Foreman Grill, Gogurt, like all these things that are just nostalgic, spam, like things you grew up with. And we make them take some of those ingredients from that year that were really popular and come up with a new, using other ingredients as well, come up with a new way mm. to make an American classic. So, so, you know, they're, they're using Wheaties as like a breading and they're Mm. taking fruit roll-ups and they're boiling them down and they're adding mint and other things to them to make a really beautiful sauce and they're putting it together. And so to watch these chefs all work together to take these ingredients that half the, the young, the new school chefs don't even know about or have never seen or really understand. And the old school chefs teaching them like what these ingredients are. And like, you know, just to hear the stories of how they affected their life, like hamburger helper, like so many things that you grew up with to watch them come together and put those ingredients together in the first round is hilarious. But then they also have to use a gadget from that decade. Mm. So maybe it's an easy bake oven. Maybe it's a magic bullet. Maybe it's a George Foreman grill. Maybe it's the Snoopy ice, you know, the snow cone machine (laughs) that you have to like grind the ice, but they have to put Parmesan cheese in it and use it to grate the cheese. So there's so many fun ways where we incorporate cooking and gadgets from, you know, the past. So for the second round, what they do that's so fun is we take something that's a viral food sensation that's all over the internet, like accordion potatoes or the Japanese souffle pancakes. Mm. And we make the the teams work together to then put their twist on something that's a viral sensation that's current. So the first round, we're going back in time. And the second round, we're going, you know, present day, present day and ahead in time and trying to find out what the next viral food sensation is. Ah. And then for the third round, we take the the winning team that's the final team standing and we put them head to head. So it's old school oh, versus new school love that. in a battle royale where they have to take an American classic and put their own twist on it. And what you find more often than not that's so interesting is you would think that the new school chef would do something new and creative and the old school chef would stick to the classic way of, of making that dish. But really... A lot of times the old school chef is trying to be a forward thinker and the new school chef is going, you know what? This is a timeless classic for a reason. Let's just do it, but do it really well. And so it's really fun to see how they battle it out. And at the end, either the old school chef or the new school chef is going to win and we'll see and we see who wins that episode. That sounds like an absolute blast, and I cannot wait to watch it. And you also have some great guests on the season as well. Oh, my gosh. I mean, talk about some of the star-studded people that are going to be on there. This is a huge star-studded cast. I mean, what's so fun is we get to go back in the decades, right? So when we we do this, we go back in time and get to, I, I almost say, Bring people out of the time machine. So we have people like Wayne Knight from Seinfeld and Greg Luganis and Nia Vardalos from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. We got Jenny Garth from yes. 90210. We got singer Taylor Dane, who is one of my you know all-time favorites. So every episode, not only are you seeing 
food from the past and like having that nostalgic, but you're also seeing one of the stars that were popular during that decade. So you're seeing, you know, someone that really makes you feel like you're in 1984 or 1993 or 2004. Like it really takes you back. Even hearing the voice, like you hear Wayne Knight say, you know, I said to him, hello, Newman. And he goes, hello, Jonathan. Like just hearing that voice, it takes you right back to that moment or just hearing Nia Vardalos talk about my big fat Greek wedding. Like we all remember where we were when we saw my big fat Greek wedding. Mm -hmm. Like it just takes you back to that moment in time that the, the episode takes place. And so it's just a really special show. I haven't seen anything this creative or exciting in a long time on, on television. And I cannot wait for people to see it. I, I cannot wait to watch it. And I am so excited for everybody to see it because it sounds like just an, it sounds like what we just did. Just like a, a lovely yeah. trip down memory lane through the decades. So well, it's- with all the craziness going on, you know, I think with all the craziness going on in the world and there, you know, the the world, I don't know. I'm not now I'm not a scientist, but <laughs> I would say that the world is spinning faster than it used to spin. Like uh- <laughs> there's just no way that it's not. And so with everything going on and social media and computers and texts and, and uh, just all the craziness in the world, the the nostalgia of this show is a welcome surprise to, to the living rooms when they watch this show because it takes you back to a time when time and time and place when things were simpler, mm-hmm. like a time when like it was just easier, just life didn't move as fast <laughs> and- it was just a simpler time. So it really takes you back and kind of lets you like exhale a little bit mm-hmm. when you're watching it. And what I'm excited for are for the conversations that this is going to spark in the living rooms across America, because mm-hmm. I can't wait for a mom and or dad or whoever to be watching it with their kids and, you know, a product come up or one of the gadgets come out and the kids not know what that is. And like to watch the parents explain it and like what it was and why they used it is going to be such a great way for people to connect while they watch the show, Mm -hmm. for families to connect while they're watching it. But then we flip it on its head and (laughs) we have a viral food sensation that's all over TikTok. And I can't wait for the conversation when a mom turns to a kid and goes, what's an accordion potato? And the kid goes, oh my gosh, mom, how do you not know what an accordion (laughs) potato is? They're all over TikTok. And so you have the, you know, the new generation teaching the older generation in their homes about viral trends on TikTok and what that is, because that's part of their life. That's Mm -hmm. what they're, that is their life. So it's going to spark so many wonderful conversations between family members and the way they get to talk to each other and kind of, kind of, you're going to, you're going to go down memory lane with the parents and the parents are going to get a lesson in being hip from the kids. <laughs> I love it. It's going to be fun for the whole family, for sure. I've had such a blast talking to you. I wish we had more time, but we'll have to do a part two at some point. But I'm yes, going to finish. Absolutely. I'm going to finish things out with a little rapid fire. And then we have one final question that we ask everybody. Here Let's on the show. go. I'm All ready. Right. All right. In honor of the movie of the summer that has also spanned decades, what kind of Barbie or Ken are you? Gay Barbie. No, gay Ken. Gay Ken. Gay Ken. My Ken is gay. Your Ken is gay. You can only listen to music from one decade. Which would it be? 90s. Okay. Fork, Mary, Kill, Hamburger Helper, Dunkaroos, Go-Gurt. You're so stupid. That is the (laughs) most brilliant. Fork, Mary, Kill. I hate you so much. And I love it. Oh my God. Fork, Mary, kill. That is so dumb and brilliant. And I'm so mad I didn't think of it. Okay. Fork, Mary, kill. Give me it again. Hamburger Helper, Dunkaroos, Gogurt. 
Hamburger Helper, Dunkaroos, Gogurt. I wouldn't kill any of them. Like, you're literally talking to my childhood. Like, I would eat every single one of them. Like, there's none of them I don't like. Okay. All right. So you're just... But I would I would marry a Dunkaroo. Okay. You would marry a Dunkaroo. Because I, I like chocolate. Okay. In. Uh, favorite dinner date with your husband, James? Oh, absolutely. We go to a place called Billy Reed's here in Palm Springs. It is trapped in time, just like Battle of the Decades. <laughs> it is a it is a restaurant that's been open since like the early 70s, and they haven't changed a thing. And it looks like a funeral home. Like you go to this place, and but it's not. It's just a restaurant, but it just it looks like a funeral home from the South, where it's just like everything's red velvet and tacky and gaudy. But that's the charm of it. That's why we love going there, because it's just like you walk in and we're, we're the youngest people in the whole restaurant and we're just, it's trapped in time and such a beautiful, like just place to eat because you kind of escape everything. Just like what battle of the decades is going to do for so many people. It's a time to unplug from like the hustle bustle and craziness that the world is today and just go back in time and just have a meal together and like not be stimulated by a million different things. And I th- I think that's what Battle of the Decades is going to do. It sounds like a dream. All right. Our final question. This is not rapid Ready. fire. You can take as long as you want on it. There okay. are no rules. Okay. The question is, what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. Like I said, no rules. You can travel, time, travel, calories don't yeah, count, like whatever you want. Favorite breakfast? I would have a whole pan of cinnamon rolls from a restaurant called Rick's in Palm Springs. It's the best cinnamon roll I've ever had Mm. in my life. I love pancakes. I love cinnamon rolls. I love everything breakfast food that's like baked, not baked. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like sweet. So I would have cinnamon rolls from Rick's. For lunch, I would have, oh my God, this is so, I don't, don't come after me, America. (laughs) I would have, oof, I love, the coconut shrimp at Tommy Bahamas. Okay. I love a good coconut. <laughs> Again, I'm from Ohio. Like, yeah. you're not going to get me to be like, I would go like, when I watch like some of the other shows where they're like, we're going to Italy and going to find the bruschetta. And I'm like, no idea. I, you give me a Applebee's, I'm fine. Um, I would do, I, I love like a coconut shrimp moment from a Tommy Bahama, yeah. or I would do like a giant poke bowl. Okay. Like I love a good poke bowl for lunch. And then for dinner, Oh my gosh, you guys are going to come after me and I'm so not here for it, but I don't care. I would do, which they don't have anymore. I would do the Thai chicken peanut pasta from Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You're just sticking to your roots of all of the national chain restaurants. (laughs) Yeah, because I go to so many fancy places and they're like, oh, you want to try this? I'm like, yeah, it's good. But I mean, not as good as Applebee's. Not a coconut you know, like, shrimp. It's not a coconut shrimp from Tommy Bahama. Like, I get it. You're good. But it's like, I think, but again, it's like nostalgia taste, right? Like, yeah, I prefer, because if you grow up eating a certain way, your palate just wants that. And so like, when I grew up eating stovetop stuffing, yeah. it's like, that's what we eat top. for Thanksgiving and it's delicious. <laughs> and then you go to like someone else's house and you have the mom that's like, oh, I make my own stuffing. Like, okay, Barb, <laughs> like you have like some woman named Barb and she's like, we make our own stuffing here. And I'm like, great. Well, it's still not as good as stovetop, but like you taste it and you're like, it's fine. It's good. But like stovetop has all that chemical in it that makes me Sodium. taste the flavor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah, don't, don't get out of here with your attitude, Barb. Take your <laughs> stuffing and go watch Battle of the Decades, Barb. Exactly. Wait, what are you having for dessert before we let you go? Oh, Schmackery's Cookies in New uh, York okay. City. Yeah. 
Schmackery's Cookies, New York City, 54th and 9th, best cookie on the planet. When I go there to host New Year's Eve Times Square, I buy, I go and I get 12 of them and I eat all 12 within the first two days. So it's six <laughs> massive cookies a day. Like I, there, it's the best cookie in, on earth. Uh, I thought you were going to say you eat all 12 or, of them at midnight. Or, or wait real quick, <laughs> okay. lemon bars from Bird Bakery. Okay. Elizabeth Chambers, right? Okay. Elizabeth Chambers, she's she was on Food Network with us for something. She did one of our shows. But she has a bakery in Dallas, Texas called Bird Bakery. And the lemon bar at Bird Bakery, when I even talk about it right now, my mouth starts to water. <laughs> you start to get that little like tingle in the back it's of your tongue. It's the best yeah. thing you'll ever eat. All right. Well, I'll have to check that out next time I'm in Dallas. And in the meantime, everybody check out Battle of the Decades. It sounds like so much fun. And I had such a blast talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You can watch new episodes of Battle of the Decades Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on Food Network. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.